This is a GRDC podcast. When a new research initiative into calcareous soils was announced, many grain growers across the southern cropping region were well pleased. Calcareous soils are high in calcium carbonate and are harsh environments for most grain varieties, limiting crop establishment and grain yield. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. The GRDC is investing $6.75 million into this new calcareous soils research involving the Soil CRC, CSIRO, Primary Industries and Regions South Australia and the New South Wales DPI. Some of the trial work will be done on South Australia's Eyre Peninsula, where calcareous soils are widespread. The Coolman family farms at Maramakla on the western side of the peninsula, and Peter Coolman has long campaigned for more research into these challenging soils, and the announcement of a new research investment was as welcome as rain in a low rainfall zone. We've had a, an inch of rain recently and it's raining again, so we've got enough rain to finish the crops off, so we'd, hopefully it'll back off soon. What are the crops looking like this season? After a good start, dry middle, uh, the crops were established okay and looks like we should be above average. The grain looks like it's going to fill very well. The thing about your property and, and many other properties in the southern region and especially here on the Air Peninsula is you have calcareous soils. So tell us a little bit about how much of the farm is actually uh, calcareous soil and uh, what you're growing. The farm is all calcareous soils but some of it would be worse than others so up to 60 or 70 percent um, calcareous um, and I'd imagine about two-thirds of the farm would be highly calcareous and it's a low rainfall area. We're below 12 inch rainfall or 293 mil is the average and we can only grow cereals there. They're the only profitable crops. So wheat's the primary crop. About three quarters of the crop is wheat, um, some barley and a little bit of oats. You've been on this property for quite some time and it is a family farm? Yes, that's right. My grandfather settled in the area uh, after taking up a share farming position in 1911. So um, the Coolman family's been farming at Matamakla for over 100 years. Has yield changed much over the generations? No, the yields are fairly steady, which is pretty disappointing uh, if you only look at the yields. Um, so from my, when my father started taking records in 1955 to now, um, they're still within... 0.1 of a tonne which is pretty disappointing but um, the declining rainfall means we're much more efficient at growing grain by taking on all of the technology that we, we can in seed placement and weed control and uh, managing grasses in the previous year so all of those things have um, enabled us to maintain our yields and I guess we're probably cropping more intensively and probably going over stonier patches than we used to. And what are you averaging for uh, your wheat yields? So the wheat yield fluctuates up and down a bit depending on what year average, but um, it's about 1.2 tonne. The barley's slightly more than that. Um, and Dad's 10-year average in after 19, up to 1965 was 1.15, so we haven't moved very much at all but hopefully we'll get some wetter springs or some technology that'll enable us to get more out of this soil. 
what are the constraints of these calcareous soils? Um, the main constraints are poor seedling growth and vigour. Um, it means dry sowing, uh, the crops probably don't come up as well. Uh, we end up with uneven growth and with poor seedling vigour that makes it vulnerable to Rhizoctonia, um, Pratolanchus and other root diseases and uh, certainly on these grey calcareous soils um, it's poor tillering so this year uh, the crops haven't tillered at all and until this late rain where they've actually shot up another tiller so um, it just seems like there's a handbrake on these crops and they always look uneven compared to the better sandier soils which are less calcareous. So when you're sowing um, what are you actually doing at that time in terms of your fertiliser application and any fungicide application? So the research from Miniper Ag Centre back when Bob Holloway was doing some work there he showed that um, by using liquid fertilisers uh, we could actually get a similar yield and good early growth um, by putting on half the amount of phosphorus compared to granular and so I've been following a strategy similar to that um, by using phosphoric acid and by having a liquid stream we can actually add uh, flutriophol which is a fungicide um, and some trace elements and I'm just using zinc and some some other people in the area actually use copper and manganese but uh, there's more risks in things going wrong that way um, so we use uh, only about five units of phosphorus um, that's our main source of phosphorus fertilizer and uh, a tiny bit of nitrogen in the form of urea. What soil amelioration uh, methods do you apply on farm or is that something that you haven't really uh, included in your strategy at this stage? No, I haven't included any deep ripping or anything else at this stage. Um, I guess we normally cultivate very shallow because there's the sheet limestone which is the form of these calcareous soils. Um, so we don't want to dig up any more rocks than, than necessary. Um, so we normally just work very shallow. Um, but on the northern side of the property I've got some redder soil and um, on the top of the sand hills they're actually more white gutless soils um, and they're vulnerable to non-wetting so I'm looking at inverting some of those by using a plaza plough um, sometime in the next year. You've had a look at the trial site um, where this research is taking place. Uh, there's a number of various treatments. Have you, even though it's very early days, taken anything away from what you've seen and uh, you think yeah you could be interested in applying some of this yourself at this stage? Yeah certainly the deep ripping with inclusion plates has come up with some good yields and it looks much more even and, and certainly the yield's going to be yeah much much more than the standard practice so I'd have a closer look at that. I guess the challenge for us is going to be uh, where we can actually dig that deep if that's the way it does work so um, there's rock under the soil in at varying depths so we just have to try and manage that or whether we can use some other technology to map our paddocks better and work out where we can 
um, deep rip and maybe get better yields from doing that. Can you see this uh, research into calcareous soils having application with other soil types? Yeah, there's quite a bit of calcareous soil and certainly the patch I'm in on Air Peninsula has some highly calcareous soil which is where they're focusing the research and there may be a trickle-down effect onto the people with less calcareous soils as well. One of the aims, of course, of this research project is to help close the yield gap and do you see this you know, as being an achievable aim? Yeah, I would hope so. Um, our yields have been pretty stagnant for a long time and we'd like to have the good yields uh, that other areas can get and hopefully we can take the handbrake off of these calcareous soils and grow good crops every year or every year that it rains. South Australian grain grower Peter Coolman from Mudamukla on Air Peninsula. And it was great to hear the rain on the roof of the car as we kept dry while recording that podcast. If you haven't already heard it, there's another podcast on new calcareous soils, this one with Saudi soil scientist Dr Nigel Wilhelm. That additional podcast and the fact sheets on calcareous soils can be found online at the GRDC. I'm Tony Crowley and thanks for listening. (laughs) 